The reading this morning is from Luke 16, verses 1 to 13. Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be my manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 450. Then he asked the second, and how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been, trust and if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, I wonder if, like me, um, you found it both reassuring and encouraging to hear our new king, King Charles III, in his address to the nation and the Commonwealth, speak of his commitment to the Church of England and quote, and the church in which my own faith is so deeply rooted. And then to go on to say, I quote, as the Queen herself did with such unswerving devotion, I too now solemnly pledge myself through the remaining time God grants me to serve with loyalty, respect and love. Um, it was with our late Queen in mind her Christian faith, her loyalty, her faithful service, that I decided to stick with the present lectionary gospel readings. Uh, those of you who've been in present uh, in church in the last uh, few weeks of the summer will have picked up that there has been a theme in the lectionary readings, and that theme has been money, possessions, treasures, the way that we use them, and our attitudes towards them. And this month, in the parables, that same theme follows through. We have the parable of the prodigal son, 
Uh, that young man who decided that he wanted his father's inheritance immediately, he took it, went to the foreign land and squandered it until it was all gone, and then realized the error of his way and returned to his loving father. And then, of course, there's the parable that we had read to us by Alan this morning of what's called the shrewd manager or the dishonest steward, as it has in some versions. The connection between these two parables is simply this. Both stories are about people who had money but who were now heading for poverty and bankruptcy and who came to the point of realising that people and the future are more important than money. Now, you and I are heading in the same position. Uh, we all have wealth and we have money now, but we're heading for poverty and bankruptcy and I'm not talking about the cost of living here, all right? Um, what I'm talking about is eternity, heaven, death. That moment when we will breathe our last and we will become penniless. And when that happens, the question will be, will we have any friends in heaven? Now, that will depend upon how we've used our time, our talents, our powers, energies, worldly assets, um, indeed, while we had them. And the parable of the shrewd manager is a story where every single character is a rogue and thoroughly dishonest. And how we love stories about the dishonest and the rogues. So on this Sunday, when we are all acutely conscious that we are remembering a person who recognized the call of God upon her life, who dedicated her life to a life of service and duty to God and the people of her realm, I did at first wonder what relevance this parable would have at such a time in our nation's history. And then it occurred to me that sometimes, in order to really value and appreciate something or someone, you need to have before you the exact opposite. And that's what we've got here. Uh, the moving tributes to our late Queen Elizabeth in the last few days have contrasted the way that she exercised her authority, her time, her talents with other rulers some other rulers who have instead exercised their powers for their own benefit feathering their own nests um, uh, extending their own power seeking perhaps to build up a legacy for themselves today, rightly we're full of praise for our Queen's faithfulness and her unfailing, unstinting dedication to us, her people, and the way that she fulfilled the call of God upon her life. She was a trustworthy servant of God. So let's look briefly at this parable of the shrewd manager. Sadly, it's too true to life. You and I, sometimes, I suspect, feel constantly surrounded by those people who are pestering us and seeking uh, to line their own pockets at our expense. And some of them are utterly unscrupulous. How many times this week have you taken telephone calls or picked up texts from those who in all likelihood do not have your best interests at heart, uh, but only their own? 
And whether it's to sell you something that you don't have and you don't need, or indeed just to get hold of your bank details so that they can empty them and remove them. This is what happens in a fallen world. And because Jesus' parables are so true, and this parable is so true to life, the disciples of Jesus um, would have been captivated by this story, and so would the other people who would be listening in as well. We all love to hear a story about rogues, and here they are, twisting finance, and actually, all of them, it seems, coming out of it quite well. Uh, but it's not a parable just to entertain, it's a parable here for a reason. And it asks a very serious question of you and me, and that is concerning our eternal destiny. Right, here's the story. man in the story is a manager, he's looking after someone else's wealth, not uncommon. Um, uh, news, he's been fiddling the books, news um, reaches finally the, the wealthy man who's away in a foreign country perhaps and he sends message uh, give an account of your management because you cannot be the manager any longer the manager is in trouble deep trouble about to lose his job no prospect of getting another what's he going to do and then demonstrating his shrewdness he has a brilliant plan a way out of his predicament as the manager, he held the owner's IOUs. In those days, they didn't have Apple Pay. They didn't have MasterCard or Visa. You paid for something with a scribble. You wrote an IOU and uh, whatever it was, bushels of wheat oil or whatever. And he calls them in one by one. He says, how much do you owe? Well, 900 barrels of oil. Right, he said, write a new one for a 450 and tear up the old one. He did this with the others and they all comply very astute move because when the master returns and this manager is dismissed he just walks down the road and there he has in front of him all those people whose homes he can go into what's amazing is that when the master finds out about this instead of throwing the man into prison he commends him and what's even more extraordinary and surprising is that it seems that Jesus appears to commend this dishonest person as well. Not for being dishonest, not for being clever, but for two reasons. First of all, for realizing that people matter more than things and money. And secondly, for realizing that the future is more important than the present. So Jesus, drawing the lesson out of the story, says, I tell you, use your worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is all gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings or eternal habitations, as it says in another version. Of course, it is the dimension of eternity in Jesus' advice that makes it so totally different. You know, the people of this world, we, they, we, we use our wealth in order to make friends for ourselves. But he is saying to us, use your wealth to make friends for yourselves in eternity. One minute after you're dead, you take nothing with you. You leave it all behind. You leave your bright, shiny red car that we've just got. You leave your lovely home. You leave all your assets, much to the delight of your children. But everything has gone. 
And Jesus said, that's the moment that you have to prepare for now. The death of our late queen, Queen Elizabeth II, has rightly shone a light on her many virtues. Uh, foremost for me, her loyalty, um, her humility, her tireless work ethic. Think of all those red boxes full of papers to read through. Her desire to engage with people over the ages. Her smile, her sense of fun. Think of Paddington Bear. Her graciousness, her faithfulness in the way that she's dedicated her life to the service of God and the people of her realm. She has been a faithful and trustworthy servant of Christ and will, I believe, receive that welcome. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Jesus said, you cannot serve both God and mammon. You know, we live in a world where we have the opportunity to accumulate wealth if we want just for ourselves, popularity just for ourselves. Uh, some people might say of um, the Queen and the royal family that they have enjoyed the trappings of wealth and power. Maybe, but it has come at a great personal cost. Those of you who, like Sheila and myself, enjoy watching The Crown may recall the dread with which the future King George VI and his wife, Elizabeth, uh, later to become Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, faced the awful, terrifying, horrific prospect of accepting the crown. And the cost it was for them. Their life was completely changed. And for our Queen, having dedicated her life to serve her realm under God for her lifetime, there has been a cost. Jesus said to those who wanted to follow him, if anyone will come after me, let them take up their cross and follow me. There is comfort in Christ, but there's nothing comfortable in being a Christian and following Christ. There's nothing comfortable about a cross. But, and let me say this to any who have yet to pledge their lives, the remainder of their lives, to Christ and his kingdom. You know, when we do take up our cross and follow him, God provides everything that is most important. There's forgiveness, there's peace, there's joy. There's the fellowship of other believers, there's the comfort of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit, Jesus through the Holy Spirit. We're not alone, he is with us. And if you make that commitment, or rather if you are yet to make that commitment, that pledge of the rest of your life to the service of God, well then I would encourage you, perhaps during the worship, that even a few moments we'll pick up on. Um, maybe then in the quietness of your car, heart, dedicate your heart, pledge your life, the rest of your life, to God's service. Only last month our Queen said this, Throughout my life, the message and teachings of Christ have been my guide, and in them I find my hope. And in one of her recent Christmas Day messages, she said, I know just how much I rely on my faith to guide me through the good times and the bad. Each day is a new beginning, 
I know that the only way to live my life is to try to do what is right, to take the long view, to give of my best in all that the day brings, and to put my trust in God. So may God bless each of you and keep each of you and enable you to be faithful and fruitful in his service. A short prayer, and then Dave is going to come and lead us in worship. Lord, you have made us stewards of so much. Give us wisdom to see what really matters. Give us grace to use our worldly wealth to make friends who one day will welcome us into that heavenly habitation. Amen.